Good morning. Welcome to Belleville First Church in Nazarene. We're very glad to have you with us. Uh, please stand and join us in worshiping this morning. seated. Is that joy? Is that joy? Did he bring joy? Amen? Amen. Joy to the world. We, we need joy, don't we? <laughs> Especially in, in these times. Well, good morning. It's nice to see everyone uh, here this morning. And if you're worshiping with us online, we want to also say welcome. It's great to have you part of our service uh, this morning. Uh, just a couple, three things to share with you. Uh, the prayer Bible study on Tuesday evening at 6.30 will be online only, so we'll continue that Tuesday evening prayer meeting Bible study online. 
Christmas Eve service we, has, has been a tradition for Belleville First for many years. We will continue that tradition, and we will have our Christmas Eve service here at Belleville First at 6 p.m. That will also be streamed. Thank you. That will also be streamed. So 6 p.m., you can come here to the church, or we will also make that available as we do our other services uh, streamed online. Restore Network gift cards. Just wanted to uh, bring a quick update on that. Our goal was 45 gift cards from uh, our church and from friends of Belleville First to help with the Restore Network. And we received, ready, 48. So good job, everyone. Thank you again, once again, for your support of, yeah, let's, yeah, good job. Good job. So we, we, uh, you all helped with 48 gift cards again this year. You came through, and we appreciate it very much. And then the last announcement I would like to make as it relates to our pastoral search Mentioned it last week, but just, just to kind of remind everyone of the pastoral search process, or maybe I'll say the uh, pastoral candidate approval process in the Church of the Nazarene, there are essentially three approvals or steps to that approval process, the first of which is the board's approval. And your board has approved our pastoral candidate. The requirement is a two-thirds affirmative vote, and our vote was unanimous. So... We have lots of confidence, our board does, in our pastoral candidate, and uh, excited about uh, meeting them and their family a little bit later after our service today. So that's the first step, the board approval. Second step is the district superintendent approval, and our district superintendent, Pastor Terry Armstrong, has indeed approved our pastoral candidate. So we're two for three so far. And then the third step in that process is the congregational approval, or the congregational vote which will occur a week from today, immediately following our morning worship service. And that ballot will run from about 1130, whenever we finish up. Depends upon how much Dwight has to say that day. So who knows? <laughs> so 1130 till 1 o'clock. We'll leave that open for those who are not yet comfortable coming to the service. Uh, you are welcome to come after the service and after people have, have left the church. Uh, you must be present in order to vote uh, per the Church of the Nazarene bylaws, which is our Nazarene manual. So all members who are 15 years or older are uh, allowed to, and we would encourage you to, to, uh, to come and to vote. That will be, again, a week from today. So we have that, uh, we have that to look forward to um, this morning. Aren't you glad to be in God's house this morning? Amen. Aren't you glad to be worshiping online with us this morning? We are glad that you are here, and we are glad uh, to know that we have not only a risen Savior, but we have a faithful God, and He is with us this morning. Our Advent reading uh, will be by video. It is the Franklin family, so let's watch the video overhead. Joy is here a technical term and must be sharply distinguished both from happiness and from pleasure. Joy has indeed one characteristic, the fact that anyone who has experienced it will want it again. I doubt whether anyone who has tasted it would ever, if both were in his power, exchange it for all the pleasures in the world. But then joy is never in our power, and pleasure often is.
You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalm sixteen eleven. Let us pray together, shall we? Father, we come into your presence this day on this third Sunday of Advent. Lord, in this season we have considered the hope that you provide us and the fact that we only recognize it when we're in a hopeless situation. And the peace that can only come from you, and again, it's the absence of peace that makes it stand out and real and in fact a gift. So, Lord, we come to joy. We ask that you remind us this day of how joy does come to us and how it can come to us permanently and how it can be a characteristic of our life and not just an occasional event. So bless us as we sing, bless us as we consider your word, bless us, Lord, as we are in this room, fellowshipping as your children, and looking to you to do your wonderful and mighty work within us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please stand and continue worshiping with us this morning. One, two, one, two, three. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary and gathered all above. While mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch of wandering love. O morning stars together proclaim the holy birth. Praises sing to God the King and peace to men on earth. How silently, how silently the one. 
wondrous gift is given, so God imparts to human hearts the blessings of His heaven. No ear may hear His coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive Him still, the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels and great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. You may be seated. In the season we've dispensed with our our scripture reading, our psalm, in favor of sharing together a responsive reading. And we want to do that today as well, around joy. I will read the part of reader, and then we'll all read together when we come to all, okay? It'll help if I can read. We light these candles as a sign of the coming light of Christ. Advent means coming. We are preparing for the full coming of Christ. We are, we are ready, ready for, for the Christ, Christ to come, come and, and make, make all things new. The third candle is a symbol of joy. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like people who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping will return with songs of joy, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. For the Lord is near. We are preparing for the joy of the Lord to be made complete in us. Come, come quickly, quickly, Lord Jesus. We are, we are ready for you to come and make all things new. I want to lead you in a time of prayer. But I don't want to be the only one praying. Nor should I be. 
as you lift your prayers to the Lord, remember the sick among us. Remember the, those who are struggling with family issues, those who are struggling financially. And there's, on top of everything else, the days are getting shorter. <clears throat> we should not make light of the seasonal depression that comes because we don't have enough light, particularly in Advent. So pray for those who not only need physical light, but who needs spiritual light. Let us pray. Today, Lord, we come before you as your children, taking advantage of your promise to be with us and to hear us, taking advantage of the promise to answer our prayers that are within the scope of your will. We pray, O oh Lord, this day, knowing that you wish for people not to be sick. Lord, it is your intention for people not to be depressed. It is your intention for people not to be separated from you, nor from us to be separated from each other. So Lord, we pray these things knowing that these are your intentions. In this service, will you remind us, O oh Lord, that you, we are your instruments and that your intentions are assisted by our actions. And may we be people willing to live your will. We pray, Father, that your spirit will whisper in our ears today and give us joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand and continue worshiping with us this morning. Quick. 
worshiping. Thank you. A couple of us have. You will notice if you are following the readings that I am going to, that I have uh, changed scriptures on you today. It's not because I don't like Isaiah 61. In fact, I've used it the last two weeks and I thought you might think I didn't read any other chapter in Isaiah. Um, if I followed the lectionary today, so I have moved back a generation or two, and we're going to look at Isaiah 35. Similar themes, but Isaiah 35 provides us with an understanding that joy is really a road home. So would you follow along with me in your Bible or on your phone or whatever, wherever you get Scripture? The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and of Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord. The majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, Be strong. Do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come 
and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy for waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. <coughs> they shall obtain joy and gladness. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Over the course of our ministry, I've had the privilege of traveling to a number of places. The places where people feel at home, there's a warmth, there's a joy, there's a welcoming spirit that you can't miss. But then, where I have traveled, where people's needs overshadow overshadow their joy it's you can tell that as well possibly the most depressing place i have ever been was a refugee camp it was january 1995 and i was leading a fact finding group to tanzania and uganda on issues around AIDS and AIDS orphans being supported and how they, they could be supported from a distance. And we took a side trip to a refugee camp that wasn't 15 miles from the Rwanda border. The genocide was over, but people had fled. In fact, there were more than 100,000 people in this refugee camp living under the blue tarps of the United Nations High Commission on Refugees. You can always tell when the UN is right there, that special shade of blue. They were dependent upon people for their food. They were dependent upon people for their shelter. They were dependent upon people for their water, everything at that point in their lives. And they had had to walk through 10 miles of the Worst swamp that you can imagine. It's along the Akagera River between Tanzania and Rwanda. Homeless, 
refugees are long-term homeless people. In Africa, 6.6 million people are refugees. 20%, 26% of the world's refugees. They've been displaced by war or natural disaster. Their residences are often shanties. They, they make places um, to live in that out of things that everyone else has discarded. No one, no one, not even the most callous, would mistake their residences for a home. I want you to think today to get ready for this chapter about being homeless. Your home's gone like that. And this isn't... You, you, you've got to do this. You've got to imagine yourself with no place to sleep tonight to get ready for this chapter. It isn't that far-fetched. More than a half a million people in the United States have no place to sleep tonight. More than 100,000 of them chronically don't have a place to sleep tonight. And in St. Louis, I couldn't get figures for the metropolitan region, but in the city alone, there are 10,000 people who will not <coughs> have a place to sleep tonight. And we're being told that their numbers are going to swell as of January the 1st. When COVID refugees are added to the list. Homelessness is the theme of this chapter. Because you see, the people in this chapter were those who had been carried off by the Assyrians. They're the ones who've been forced into exile. Not the one coming later with Babylon, but the, but the early one when the Assyrians had come into the, the northern kingdom. And now you had pockets of... Israelites living in the cities of Asia Minor. And what were they doing? They were longing to get home. They felt cut off, not only from their home, from their community, but from their life with the God who had redeemed them. But you need to notice also in this chapter, not only does it begin with the theme of homelessness, it begins and ends with themes of joy. That's why we have it today on the third Sunday of Advent. And who likes a good Christmas? A good sappy Christmas movie. I mean, it's, no, no, no. A good sappy Christmas movie. They will almost always have a theme of homecoming. Won't they? Somebody is either coming back to their small town, somebody's coming back to an estranged relationship, somebody's finding themselves. Sappy Christmas movies always have a theme of homecoming. So does the 35th chapter. 
<clears throat> but it's easy to confuse homelessness. Right, I'm sorry, not homelessness, happiness. I can't read my own typing. It's easy to confuse happiness and joy. They aren't the same. Happiness is an emotion, and it is often connected to conditions, circumstances, things that we can't alter. Joy is outside of our emotions. It's a confidence despite our situations. Joy is possible in the middle of the most difficult things because it springs forth from a sense of well-being that has to be established and maintained throughout the circumstances of life. It quells our doubts and our fears because it is the expression of confidence. That's joy. Now, I've got a second question to help you get ready for this chapter. You ready? Does your life seem like a garden or a desert? Now, can you envision that with me? That imagery? Life in a garden or life in a desert? Well, if you can't, let me help. Desert lives lack purpose. If you don't have a sense of your future and where you're going, you may be in a desert. Desert lives lack courage. Do you sense a lack of a foundation or strength in your living? Desert lives are lonely. Does your life lack significance because you feel cut off from others? And it doesn't have to be physically cut off. It can be emotionally cut off. It can be spiritually cut off. Desert lives are also empty. They're shallow because they're usually self-focused. And in this chapter, if you've got it open, you can see quite easily that God wants to turn your desert into a garden. He not only wants to bring you home, but he wants to bring you home to a garden. Now, verse 2. You know, you don't know much about the, the, the um, geography of, of the region, and neither do I. I've just invested in some good reference books, okay? <laughs> Lebanon, Sharon, Carmel. What have they all got in common besides being from that region? Okay, the answer is they're well-watered places known for their lush, their lush vegetation. So you see what's happening here in verse 2? In the desert, God is going to turn them into, turn that desert into a place of life. Not only just some life, but luscious life. You see, when life comes to the desert, 
Those who live in the desert will shout for joy. Those who live desert lives will shout for joy. <clears throat> God's going to take the facts, the rocks, the sand, the cacti, the hot, dry wind, and transform it. When God comes to our life, deserts become gardens. And as a result, we shout for joy. Verse 3 adds an additional level of oppression that we can miss. Verse 3, strengthen the weak hands and make, the, make firm feeble knees. Again, one of those reference books tells me, or several of those reference books tells me, that this is a, a description of prisoners. So now we've got people living desert lives who are oppressed, who are, who are imprisoned in that situation. So you got to picture prisoners in the desert. And what is our response then? To imprisoned people living desert lives. We are told here to impart courage, hope, and to plead for patience. Why patience? Because that which is going to strengthen them has not yet arrived. It's on its way, but it's not fully present. And that fact is that God is coming to lead them home. to gather them from all the places they've been scattered. <clears throat> There's no advice here for how to, to, to take care of people, except that we're to use our resources to announce that joy is coming, to keep weak and feeble people strong enough, open enough, so that their frailty will not come between them and God. And there's a secret to the road home. There's only one. If you drive much, you may get tired of driving the same way. Take different routes just to see different things. Isn't that right? Ain't going to help you with getting home to God. There's only one road. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Our deserts are turned into garden because of Jesus coming. Joy to the world is the announcement that Jesus has come into our dry, sandy place. John says it without Hesitation. The word took on flesh and pitched his tent in our neighborhood. So when the helpless and the frail and the weak experience his coming, verse, the verses tell us the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame leap, and the mute speak. And here's where we find the difference between happiness and joy. 
Happiness is temporary, but joy, joy occurs when a blind child can see a sunset for the first time and see the next one and the next one. Joy is also when the parents of that child see that child seeing the sunset. Joy is when a deaf boy hears his mother's voice telling him she loves him for the first time. That's joy. Joy is when a mute husband speaks and says to his wife how beautiful she is. That is joy. These are desert lives turning into gardens. Isaiah wants us to understand. He says it's the coming of the Lord that is the water in the desert. It is this burning desert land being transformed by the presence of water, this outside uh, element, and Advent. Advent marks the coming of the water for us. God looked down from heaven, and he saw that all the things that we were trying to do to transform our deserts weren't working. Even the things that we thought would transform them didn't. <clears throat> Even religion can't transform deserts into gardens. Only the presence of God. You see, everything else is just a mirage. Anybody seen a mirage? Well, no, you can't see a mirage. <laughs> I was just checking. Why? You can't, because a mirage is a, a description of what you think you see, but you really don't. Christmas can create mirages. Christmas without Christ is a sham. Christmas, unless we experience the living presence, the coming of God is hollow. God's got to become a living, vibrant presence. That's Advent and its full promise. Now, one thing you need to know about this road, it's not an alley. God doesn't have us living down some back alley. Brenda and I live where we do now. Our kids bought our house before she came back from Rwanda in 2009. And we'd made three payments on the house. Um, and I was convinced, and it's only a mile from where, I mean, all of our kids lived within three miles of us when we first came back. But I'm convinced the reason they picked this neighborhood is because they had, two of them had three kids that were driving. And I've been known to locate our family in some sketchy places. And they didn't want their kids driving to one of those places after dark to see Grandma. That's not the kind of place God's turned prepared for us to live. It isn't sketchy at all. It's not down an alleyway. It's not even down a boulevard. Nope. The road home is a four-lane highway, an expressway that is paid for us, that is thrown up in the wilderness, we are told. John said he came to prepare this highway. 
Nope. If you've been away from home a long time like these people had, you don't want any diversions. You want the straightest, fastest road you can possibly find. So this morning, are you away from your spiritual home? Have you forgot the address? If so, there's a highway waiting for you, and it's well marked. Kaufman Kohler, a Jewish scholar, says in his article in the Jewish Encyclopedia that the Hebrew language has many words for joy and rejoicing. In fact, there are 13 Hebrew roots. Now, Hebrew has a root, and then there are other words that get built off of it. There are 13 roots for joy alone. And there are 27 different words that are formed off of those 13 roots. Hebrew religion was noted as a, a religion of rejoicing, of celebration. Did you go up thinking sacrifices were these dreary things where, where there was bloodletting and, and, you know, and stuff got burned up and everybody was long-faced? They were feasts. The animals were sacrificed to God, and then the family sat down and ate a meal in the presence of the Lord. Hebrew religion was a religion of celebration. In fact, the psalmist says, Thou dost show me the path of life. In, the presence, in thy presence there is the fullness of joy. In thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you ever wonder why the Lord may not be with us on some Sunday mornings, I think it may be just because we're too sour. Even this morning, we need to find a way to celebrate. Because you see, a road marked with 27 different road signs, no one should get lost. Should they? But people do. It's possible to miss the way and not even know it. And it's possible to know the road and not take it. Rose Crawford was a, a woman who had been blind for 50 years, so her doctor said. And when the doctors took the bandages off her eyes, she said, I just can't believe it. She was in an Ontario hospital recovering from a new what she, a newly, a, 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 an eye surgery that she had just newly learned of. But the problem was that she just found out about it. But it had been in existence for 20 years. Can you imagine being blind for 20 years needlessly when it could have been fixed? Her story raises some serious questions for us. Why did she, con she assume that there was nothing to be done? Why was she satisfied with her condition? Why was it okay? And why would, were those around her, those who were in the condition we we're in, who were told, you know, to, to strengthen weak hands and, and feeble knees, why weren't... I would think blindness falls into that. Why wasn't 
there's someone turning over every rock to try to find a solution to her blindness. This is exactly the plight of everyone who hasn't confronted the gospel. Not just hearing the gospel, but who haven't confronted the gospel. How many are going to continue to live unaware that God has constructed a highway for them to get home? And they're going to continue living at a distance. How many, of, uh, how many people who live desert lives are going to miss the opportunity to live in a garden? Now, it's my prayer today that you're not counted among those. That you are people who are living in gardens with the joy of the Lord because that's his promise to us. And it's yours because Jesus pitched his tent in our neighborhood. You see, the road to God is joy. God sent Jesus on a redemptive mission. And the joy that we can have is to know God personally. So the joy of Christmas is God coming into our lives, transforming where we live into gardens. If you're lost in a, whole, in, in, in a desert of joylessness, I want to be the first one to tell you welcome home. So come on home, would you? Let's pray. Father, today we come into your presence be making intercession for the joyless. But we also make confession that how easy it is for us to forget that we have lives of joy because of you. Forgive us. May we be people not only of joy, but dispensing it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Please stand and sing with us. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Why this jubilee 
Why your joyous strains prolong What the gladsome tidings be Which inspire your heavenly song Gloria in excelsis Deo Gloria in excelsis Deo Come to Bethlehem and see Christ whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. Gloria in excelsis Deo. of angels praise Mary Joseph lend your aid while our hearts in love we raise Gloria in excelsis Deo room have the opportunity to contribute and participate in the Lord's ministry of road building around the world as you leave and because portions of your offering will not only go to ministry in this place but in other places those of you online can join us uh, through our online giving if today is the same as the last week more than 8,800 people have been infected or at least diagnosed as testing positive with COVID since we gathered for worship. Just under 100 have died. And many are experiencing isolation and fear and wondering if they will ever get home to hug their grandkids and the healthcare workers who are afraid to go home. This is a world of joylessness. It's a desert out there. When we are dismissed from this place today, in a, after our, our next session, may the Lord bless you to be an oasis of joy. An oasis of joy. And a world that is a desert. You're dismissed, either to sit down and we'll turn it over to Rick. Yeah, just